You're listening to High Vibe Mindset, where entrepreneurs Aaron Smith, a sports physician assistant, and Melissa Smith, an intuitive eating dietitian and mindset coach, dive into all the juicy details of business, relationships, health, science, and spirituality. Now let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by my free three-day intuitive eating mindset challenge. This free challenge is for anyone who wants to kickstart their intuitive eating journey and learn how to get aligned to what works for you. You can learn how to stop the harmful yo-yo dieting cycle and you'll learn how to flex those intuitive eating muscles we are all born with that have been buried by diet culture. So if you're always thinking about your next meal or a cheat meal, if you're just so over calorie tracking and macro counting, and if you find that you're always starting and stopping diets and just nothing seems to work for you, then it's time to ditch diets and get in touch with your body through intuitive eating. Take action today by joining the challenge and you'll get the guidance you've been looking for straight to your inbox. In just three days, you can massively shift your relationship with food and body, discover and eliminate what has been keeping you stuck, and make powerful, lasting transformation toward healthful living. So to sign up for the challenge, simply go to www.intuitiveeatingmindset.org slash three-day challenge. Sarah Hall is a registered dietitian of 15 years and an online entrepreneur for the past seven years. As a mom of two kids, the life she desired for her kids is what drove her to push outside of her comfort zone and master things that dietitians just aren't taught or known for, like live video and selling the natural way. After growing her private practice to multiple six figures in a year, she decided it was time to share the things that weren't being taught correctly to dietitians. And here we are, her mentorship is full of dietitians and online coaches building their dream lives. Some fun facts about Sarah is that she's naturally shy. She loves traveling multiple times per year, and she has had a stint as a freelance makeup artist. So for fun, she loves to share makeup tips and videos from time to time because it's her way of expressing her artistic side. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode because Sarah really shares, you know, the behind the scenes and how just because she was able to have all the success doesn't mean that it was easy for her or that she always had a perfectly confident mindset. So you're going to hear the specific mindset tips that have carried her through her entrepreneurial journey, what helped her to be able to continue to push forward, how to overcome limiting beliefs and what it takes to become a seven figure earner. So you are an ex-clinical RD and now a seven figure business owner and maybe my long lost sister, definitely my spirit animal. I feel like we have a lot in common and I absolutely love just following you on Instagram. I've been following your story for a few years and you're a huge source of inspiration for me. It's so exciting to see, you know, recently you manifesting your dream home, becoming a seven figure earner and the massive impact that you're having on your clients' lives. I know how much your clients absolutely love working with you. So I definitely want to dive deeper into the work that you do as a business coach and the programs that you have, how they help entrepreneurs to get clients. But I know a lot of people starting out in business may scroll, may see your page, you know, see um, where you're at and not maybe see all the years of work that went behind it, maybe even pivots or 
all the learning and the mindset work behind it and the faith that went into your financial success. So I'd love for you to share your story about your journey through entrepreneurship and what type of mindset that you've had through the years. So maybe we should do the Cliff's Notes version here, but um, I never meant to be an entrepreneur. I tell people that all the time, like, and I even did a podcast episode on, on my podcast about, I never meant to be an entrepreneur, but like, here we are, you know, I wasn't raised in a family that was entrepreneurs. I, my parents divorced when I was 12. My mom put twin daughters through college at the same time. You know, I grew up watching my mom balance her checkbook every week and we pinched pennies and that's the life that we lived. And, you know, I still had a great childhood. And as I was growing up, I thought, well, you know, I'll just work a regular clinical job. I honestly didn't even know I was going to be a dietitian until later in my mid you know, to late 20s. I had a first career first and that's where I met my first dietitian. And even when I started working as a dietitian, I just thought, you know, federal government job, like it was great. I worked for the VA. I served veterans in the clinical capacity for diabetes and I loved it. I loved it. And I thought, you know, this is my dream job. I've made it. And I was working with a 78 year old dietitian at the time. And I thought, wait, like, is that going to be me, 78, sitting behind a desk, talking to people about carbs? I was like, no, that, that cannot be me. And along the way, right at seven years ago, my husband and I had to sit down. We, we had two kids at the time. And, you know, my son was getting a little older. He was eight and we had zero college funds. We were still paying on student loans. We were having to put vacations on credit cards. And that just wasn't the life I wanted. So I actually thought at that point, I wasn't even going to be a dietitian anymore. I started looking into like cosmetology. And that, I, I think a lot of me and you have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> and started looking into school and cosmetology, and that was going to cost me about 30K. So I taught myself from YouTube and I started a YouTube channel and I started taking makeup appointments. And I literally thought that I was going to be a YouTuber and I was going to get away from dietetics and you know, short version that led me into online business that led me into nutrition coaching, starting my own private practice that led me into hundreds of people asking me how to use social media, how to brand themselves, how to build a business. And here we are. And there's lots of little in-betweens, but mindset wise, I think I started with belief that was kind of in the gutter. And I see that with everyone I work with, like some people come in naturally with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more belief. I wasn't this person seven years ago. So I started a little bit more like everyone else. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing so many pivots. And it's really good to see that we could have a starting place that when you're there, it's like, how the hell can that happen? How can I ever reach that pinnacle? But you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you're just like, well, my passion's leading me here now. Oh, and now I'm being led here. And you just kind of go with the flow. I see that happen a lot. Like, and even someone recently, I was, I was reading this book and they were saying, you know, a lot of people start business with one idea, like I'm going to be a YouTuber and that's how I'm going to get away from it. And as people actually start doing it, they start developing skills and then they start realizing like, well, you know, I don't enjoy this as much as, let's say, makeup or something else that wasn't on the sheet. Uh, and I think that's happened for both of us in our in our own kind of journeys. Like I started out in a very professional because I'm a, I'm a PA and I was like, oh, I can go into that route, teaching and educating. And I found out about two or three months in, I was like, 
you know, I enjoy being a PA, but I don't enjoy making videos about PAs. <laughs> but I, I was able to shift and now, now I'm going in a different direction. But I think a big thing is just starting somewhere, starting with the idea. And then as you go through it, seeing what you actually like to do. Yeah, you have to take it to the action stage and try it, right? Because a lot of people will just think forever, like, hmm, maybe I want to do this. And they're stuck in a job where they're not passionate about it and they just stay there. But yeah, what was the tipping point or the catalyst for you that skyrocketed your business? Well, there was probably a couple. I think one was just making the decision that I didn't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. And, you know, I I felt like my job was wonderful, but it wasn't the life that I feel like God had called me to. And it wasn't even the work towards the end. It wasn't the work that I feel like God called me to do. And uh, my husband and I, a lot of people can't believe this because I swear I'm still in my 20s, but we've been together for 21 years and the life, we make jokes about it, guys, like the life that we used to live at 18 and 20 and like our very, we even talked this weekend about our very first house and how, wow, like look at our house now. And, but when you're in that moment, you can't see the future because we don't have a crystal ball. But for me, like I grew up an athlete, I was always a leader and I knew if I just kept working Um, I had to develop that mindset that if I kept working, something was going to happen, you know, like, I truly believe there's no way that, of course, strategy and all of that matters, but there's no way that people can do the work and not get to where they're trying to go. Like, it's just about compounded effort over time. But there was two things, really, it was, you know, just seeing that we didn't have college funds set up for the kids. And I, I just wasn't living the dream that I wanted and that I wanted for my kids. And I drew that line in the sand and I said, you know, I'm going to create an opportunity. And kind of like you both said that, you know, I, I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I really feel like when I made a decision that was really scary to quit my clinical job at the time, I was making about 20 K a month. And I kept saying, here, here's why I relate to my clients. They always tell me I'm scared to leave my job. Well, I can't sat here and tell you, I wasn't scared to leave mine. It's very scary, but looking back, I should have done it sooner. But that was another pivot where my business went from multi-six to seven within less than a year because of the time, you know, just opening up 40 hours of my life and being happier. So you were working a full-time job and making 20,000 a month by your own business? My own business. Yeah. Wow. Um, and there's a couple of keys to that. It was leveraging time, doing group coaching. And, and I think Melissa knows that I built a trademark system for dietitians is now trademarked. Um, I'm the only one that teaches this group coaching model, but it's a one to many model that can pay you up to a thousand dollars or more an hour as a, as a coach. And it's very unique. And I sat down at lunch one day at my clinical job and I thought, you know, something's got to give. I was, I think I was seeing about 18 one-to-one clients on the side of working and being a mom at that time. And, you know, Melissa, you probably understand this. Like that was, I was burning the candle at both ends and I was really struggling thinking, I I just can't do this anymore. And I sat down at lunch and I said, dang it, I've created group programs. I'm going to make a virtual group program. The first one sucked, but after I ran it about three times, I pivoted, changed it, and I perfected it. The second key to that 20K a month while I was working full time was asking for help. You know, my husband helped me. My mom helped me. I hired a VA and she worked with me all the way. To like 50k months, she's still part of my team now. And that's when we expanded. And now we have seven people within my company. But I definitely didn't do that alone. You know, the 20k months. 
I love that. There's so much there. I think it's so important for people to understand that you had the fear and you had to make really scary decisions and take a risk, basically, because we don't know the future, what could happen. You just kept that mindset that basically like your success is inevitable as long as you stick to it and not letting the first time make you quit in your tracks. Because you even said like the first iteration of it sucked. That's like you might feel like a failure for some people that might make them question, right? And the imposter syndrome come up of like, oh, well, maybe I made the wrong choice or I shouldn't do this. So I love it. I mean, we can just see the mindset it takes just by you telling your story And it is scary. It is hard. We have to overcome a lot of fear and those moments where you could see it as failure or you could just see it as like, it's going to suck because it's new and I'm going to get better with time and just keep going. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And when I say it sucked, it was mostly because I launched and got two people in my group, my very first group. And I say that to Mm -hmm. be very relatable. I later went on and I was feeling rounds of that group coaching experience with 20 to 25 people every six weeks. And, you know, it's like, I I tell my clients all the time, like, you're probably going to suck in the beginning, but you have to embrace that. And, you know, to me, business now looking back, I feel like I can kind of look at my experience backwards over seven years and say every little thing was just a learning experience. And I want newer entrepreneurs or like even people in their first couple to three years, like just know that every little thing in business is really just a lesson. And it's a thought process of either, okay, we keep going with this or we pivot and make a change and just going because it will pay off. Is your current business model similar to what you originally started? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a believer of here in Arkansas, we say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I am very simple. And that's one thing about business. Too many people overcomplicate it. They overcomplicate it. And it's changed a little bit, obviously, because when we look back five years ago, running nutrition groups to a very seasoned, you know, seven years. And now it's like, uh, there's been a lot of new tweaks, and uh, but I mostly run on evergreen systems. Um, and of course, marketing and sales looks a little bit different now with the team and stuff like that. But pretty much the same group coaching model at the foundation because uh, it allows me to impact so many people. So, yeah. Are you looking to elevate your client experience to the next level? Whether you're in the wellness, photography, or mental health worlds, imagine the impact of offering your client a truly unique and memorable gift that supports them on a personal level. Introducing the Custom Affirmation Card Decks by Soleya. Our custom affirmation decks are designed to empower and inspire your clients, leaving a lasting impression that strengthens your professional relationship. So picture this. Your own branded affirmation cards beautifully crafted with imagery that reflects your brand's essence. These card decks serve as more than just a gift. They become a daily reminder of your commitment to your client's well-being and success. Whether you're a life coach, yoga instructor, therapist, or photographer, your custom card deck supports your client's personal growth even when they're not in a session with you. So why settle for generic gifts like candles or pens? when you can create something truly transformational and beautiful. With Soleil's custom affirmation cards, you can tailor every aspect to align with your brand identity and the values that you stand for. And this process is easy for you. We do all the heavy lifting from design to ordering. Simply choose your affirmations, select the imagery, and add your logo and branding elements. We'll take care of the rest, delivering a high-quality, personalized product. 
Join the ranks of leading wellness, photography, and mental health professionals who are elevating their client experience with custom affirmation card decks from Soleya. Visit our website today at soleya.co slash custom to learn more and start creating your own unforgettable client gifts. That's soleya.co slash custom. And I'll spell it out for you. S-O-U-L-E-A dot C-O forward slash C-U-S-T-O-M. Together, let's inspire positivity and empower transformation one affirmation at a time. Awesome. And that, that was a perfect transition. So uh, I'm from Arkansas too. And so she she told me that and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like I don't meet very many Arkansans outside of Arkansas. We're currently in Florida. I wish we were there like when I knew you. <laughs> it's like right when I moved to Florida, I saw you on Instagram. But yeah. yeah. I'm going to get this then. I told my story. I grew up in a one stoplight town. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I had more than one stoplight. Good grief. We literally <laughs> had one stoplight and my husband didn't even have a stoplight. His hometown was down in South Arkansas. 623 people in the population. And I literally make jokes with my clients all the time. Listen, there's a cow pasture across the road for me so if i can become a millionaire honey you can too okay yeah that's that's awesome uh yeah I, my town was a slightly bigger we had ten thousand from southwest arkansas uh, yeah. but it, it was chicken houses farmers like it, it was everywhere um so so my question for you is did you see any like challenges coming from that small town i guess culture i want to say mentality but i, I don't know because I, I know for me i never thought of being you know business savvy or making it big or anything like that however you want to word it but i had people who would leave arkansas and, and now i'm outside of arkansas too but i'd have people leave arkansas just to pursue their dreams but you stayed but that just the mentality of growing up in a small town how did that affect you and were there any i guess peculiar things you had to overcome yeah well one was my circle of influence you know i had to decide that i was going to find the I always say this when people are looking at my program, you got to find the person or the people, the group, the mastermind, whatever, uh, people that are doing what you want to do and have the life you want. And it's very interesting. My twin sister from Arkansas is also a seven figure online business owner. We did that at two different times in our lives. And my best friend is now a multi six figure business owner from Arkansas. And we just kind of grew up the last 10 years in the on, online space together. But uh, that's not common to know people in your inner circle. And that I think we all influenced each other to make, you know, a long story short. But for me, I started to find people. My very first coach was in Florida. Uh, she lives in Destin now. And I, and I really found her in 2015. And then I got introduced to multiple other different types of entrepreneurs. And honestly, the location that I live in, this is where I, we love to live. My my husband loves living here. Our family is here. Our kids are growing up in a, in a great place. And we travel every six to eight weeks anyway. But for me, knowing that I didn't have that circle, everyone in high school thought I was crazy, guys, the first time I jumped on a live video. You know, like, what is she doing? You know, and I had to really push past like what people would think. Uh, because I was a small town girl. And but I had something to say, you know, and I feel like, with social media, if we've got something to say, and I knew that the words that come out of my mouth were going to impact thousands of people. And I just believed it. And I just moved past the fear of what they were going to think, but it was kind of hard. And I just had to seek out other people in different areas that 
we're doing what I wanted to do. But I will say I'm seeing more increasingly, especially here in the Northwest Arkansas area, there are even entrepreneur groups now and other, you know, successful people that I've connected with. So, well, yeah, you know, looking back, uh, I found that very interesting. And even if you look at the history of Arkansas, since we're on the subject and, you know, we're both natives, you know, Sam Walton, who created Walmart. I remember there was one story uh, in his book that he went to this big conference in, in New York. He brought all his his accountant sheets and he went up there and he's like, what am I doing wrong? Like he's trying to grow his business and stuff. And he had been without this outside influence, without anyone telling him anything. And they told him, they looked at his accountant and they said, you don't need to be here at this conference. Like you're doing everything right. Just no one knows about you because it's it's such a, I guess, a closed off state. <laughs> anyway, I, I found it very interesting that I don't think of Arkansas as a, as a very entrepreneurial state, but there have been very successful people come out of that and they didn't let that small state, small town mentality kind of affect them uh, and stop their dreams. And it just takes one person like you're making a huge impact. And I know that you've done your live events there, too. So all the lives are impacting in Arkansas. It's awesome, right? So it won't be like that for long there. (laughs) It's really interesting. People legit think I'm a celebrity. My son's friends don't even know exactly what I do, but they all follow me on Instagram. I see their little bubbles on my story. and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) This is part of having a teenager, you know, but literally like people think I'm a celebrity and I'm like, what? I'm like this small town little girl from your home state, but because you're on social media, you know, so we live in a city that has like 3000 people. So everybody, we go to the football games and the track meets and they're all like, that's that girl that does live videos. (laughs) But it's, it's an important point to make that doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you have entrepreneurs in your family. If you've got a goal and a dream and you can learn how to leverage social media and just, you know, learn the skills and strategies. And if you have one skill that you can monetize off of, it doesn't matter about that other stuff. So I love that. And we definitely have some questions on that because you're the queen of sales and getting clients on Instagram and Facebook. So what would you say is maybe the number one thing or a very important thing that our listeners could prioritize right now? now to optimize their time spent on sales generating activities and trying to get clients? Yeah, so there's there's a couple things. I think, especially for dietitians or coaches in general, anyone that's going to be a service provider online, depending on who's listening, I think there's this common misconception that you have to be so utterly professional and have to have all these awesome landing pages. I built my 20K months on Google Docs. I never had a website. I never had a landing page. You know, finally, my best friend made me a website because I thought, well, this is kind of getting serious. I better get a website made. But still to this day with a seven figure business, I only use my website to house like my coaching video and a few other things. And it's just not something that I feel like is necessary. So I would say keeping it simple and not thinking you need all the fancy things, especially if you're not in profit in your business. I'm a believer in getting in profit first doing the fancy stuff later. And then second thing is really showing up and showing a little bit of your personality because the thing about uh, social media now compared to when I started, like there was no TikTok, there was no reels. Instagram did not have stories. When I started, we did live video and that's what we did, but I can still stand on the ground of over seven years. Video is the thing that accelerates sales video and voice. And and some people are scared to talk openly on a video like this. And and I was too. You've heard my story about almost having IBS on my first live video. I was so scared. (laughs) Um, And I got butterflies in my stomach for years doing video. I still probably get a little butterflies. It's, It's normal. It's human 
nature, but video and voice, anytime you can use it, is going to accelerate the sales relationship by two to three months. So if you want to go slow, you'll mess around writing a bunch of captions that people aren't going to read. If you want to go fast, you'll get on and talk to people, including in the DM, because most of the time by someone becomes a client, I know like their life story. I know their kids' names. I know what their dreams are. People don't just land on a website and pay thousands of dollars to work with you. They they need a relationship. And especially now, you know, post-COVID and all the things that are going on in our world, people need positivity. And if they don't feel like they know, like, and trust you, you're not going to make that sell. That's just hands down 100% what I believe. Yes, I love that so much. And I 100% agree. Video is so important. And I think that is one of those biggest sticking points for people because they do get nervous and they have a hard time to start or stay consistent. And I love how you broke down those barriers, even with going on your personal Facebook page, because I think some people might create, you know, recreate a new page and try to build from scratch. And not only did you do video and you did create that new Instagram page, but you used your personal Facebook page a lot too. And just we're like, you know, whatever, I'm going to be me. And that's so important. Show up authentically and just there's a lot, there's a lot of mindset that has to go into that and the strategy. So strategy and mindset are obviously both massively important for a successful business. So how do you balance between the two with strategy and mindset? And like, what's the behind the scenes of your day with mindset work versus know, taking strategic action. Yeah. So I feel like tip number one here on this is your business will never outgrow your mindset and your belief. And I had to figure that out for the first two years. I never picked up a book. I said, Hey, I got a master's degree. I went to school six years. I'm not reading another textbook, (laughs) you know? And that was, that probably slowed down my, my first couple of years really. Cause people kept telling me leaders are readers, leaders are readers. And I was like, what? I I read long enough. I paid my dues. I was kind of being stubborn. But as soon as I said, you know what? They're leaders. They're making all the money online. Maybe there's something to this reading thing. And so I started to crave learning like every day in between my patients at the hospital. You know, when I was running my private practice and I was doing my regular clinic job, I had AirPods in my ear listening to a podcast, listening to a book. I didn't listen to music in the car. I listened to something inspirational, manifestation. And I literally probably for four hours a day had that stuff in my head. And I still do that. It's unbelievable, though, how much that does impact because what we hear and what we think we start to believe. And if you believe you can have more, you'll do more. And if you do more, you'll get more. That's just the way I see it. So I still start my day with a very strict morning routine. Now, a couple of years ago, I started feeling a little bit more out of balance again. And Melissa, you've seen this on my social media is I share my walk with God and my faith. And I I felt like at that time, I was not falling out of faith, but I wasn't making a priority to have gratitude every morning, to read my Bible and to spend time with God because people worry too much in their life and business and God doesn't want us to worry. And so I started a year and a half, two years ago, really making that a priority, doing Bible study every single morning. I do not miss it. Um, I do my gratitude. I write my list for the day and I listen to something positive. And I don't start my day coaching until I've done all of that. And most of the time, my day starts at 945. So that also gives me time to get a workout in. I find that most people just get up and go to social media. They get up and they go to their DM. If you want success, you can't go to your DM first thing in the morning. You got to pour into this brain up here uh, because your business won't outgrow that. 
And so that's really what I feel like is most important for growth before strategy. Because then when you have the strategy, your mindset's going to carry you through when the days aren't that easy. You know, I find it very, very interesting that most of your jobs through social media, through online platforms, but even so, you don't start out going to that. You stay out of your DMs, you stay off of those platforms until you have your personal time. I find that very interesting because a lot of people think, you know, oh, well, you know, my business is on Instagram. Let me go check it first thing in the morning. I'm doing business and it can become so distracting, not only distracting, but it can really throw off people's like vibe, like their positivity, because there's so much on social media that uh, is negative. And just starting out your day like that, even with a very successful online business, uh, how you approach that. The thing you see in your DM is sometimes like getting ghosted and no's and negativity and posts or, hey, maybe a client like I'm just going through the things that I've been through with coaching and then other things that my clients experience. Maybe a client's DMing you saying like they need to pause their coaching or it's not always that negative thing, but the one day that it is, if you haven't prepped yourself and I can tell you the biggest thing for me is just my skin is so thick now. Uh, You know, I I'm very emotional of a person, but my skin is just so thick that if someone tells me, no, I just know that that's a no, not right now because they're the ones missing out. I mean, bottom line, I mean, I'm changing thousands of people's lives a year. They're missing out. But if I hadn't practiced mindset and belief, and if I didn't prep myself for the no's and the ghosting and always make jokes, even seven figure earners get ghosted. I probably got ghosted yesterday. I don't know. It's, you know, whatever. I don't even care anymore. But back in the day, I used to dwell on that. I used to think about it for days, like, oh my God, that person told me no. And I would just wallow in that. And I had a mentor once tell me, you know what? You can go for five minutes in your closet and cry, but you better get back to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I need that drill sergeant. And I was like, man, she's right. But in order to do that, in order to like be okay with getting ghosted and getting no's sometimes, yeah, you got to prep your mind. And now I do that first. Then I go check my uh, you know messages and stuff. And, and I will say too, part of that productivity, I, I keep my alerts off all day. Oh, so good. <laughs> Yeah, we need to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. There's too many distractions. I get like over 100 notifications from my phone. And yeah, you can just end up having things control you and distract you. And you have to be so proactive. I think that's one of the biggest things that I admire about you as well. And I agree with everything. And I already know like the importance of having a solid morning routine, right? And getting the movement, the exercise, journaling, you know, the mindset, faith, everything to pour into yourself and start your day really strong. And you have to have that mindset work every single day, like you said, listening to podcasts, everything. And it definitely can be hard. It takes discipline, right? It's like we have to reach that point of like, I care more about the impact I want to make, the goals I have, wanting to provide for my family that I'm just going to make that discipline happen. So super commend you on that. And I think it's awesome to let listeners know just everything that it takes to be able to do that. But it is possible. It's like maybe you're struggling with discipline right now. So slowly try to integrate that morning routine. And that could take time to get into the habit as well. So were there major limiting beliefs that you had to overcome in the last few years? Okay. Before we go to the question, I just want to reiterate something you said. You said that, you know, if someone tells you no or rejects you, you don't take it as like a, a personal insult or you don't get down. You say they're missing out. I think that's so profound to have that mentality because a lot of people do take it personal. Like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe the program's not good enough. They start doubting everything. 
but just to have that mentality like, oh, they're the ones missing out. I'm going to keep going for the people who do find the value in it and keep going with them. I, I really love that. Yeah. Well, I think it's understanding in business, the longer you do it, you see people come back. You see people apply four months ago and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, Sarah, ready to get going. And, you know, sometimes it takes people time and also just knowing no's are normal. If you could sell 100% of everybody that DM'd you, everybody would be an entrepreneur. This is not for the weak. You know, and if you are feeling weak and imposter syndrome and you want to make this work because you want the life that's on the other side of that, you got to do the mindset work to get there. And people don't want to hear that because it's not the crazy, sexy, cool stuff, right? Crazy, sexy, cool stuff is like do these reels and do these fun things. Those reels ain't going to get you anywhere if you can't convert leads and understand the process of selling and that your mindset and belief has to be first. A hundred percent. Because I think a lot of people procrastinate. I know I was there in the beginning a lot of like you set a certain expectation, it doesn't happen. And then the imposter syndrome strikes and you're like, oh, no, like, well, what's the point or is this working? And it's that compounded effort that you need. It's like, who cares if it didn't work the first time? Like, just figure out how you can do better and keep doing all these different actions every day. Awesome. If you had any major limiting beliefs that you can remember, maybe some of the biggest things that obviously maybe they didn't hold you back, but maybe it it made it harder and you had to work extra hard to overcome. Were there any limiting beliefs that came up for you in your journey? I mean, even still, I have to fight imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs. I, I don't think that that ever goes away. I think you handle it better. You know, like I don't dwell in somebody telling me no more than it stings for five seconds. And I'm like, okay, let's just keep going here. Like, this is just normal. I think limiting beliefs, can I do this as a mom? You know, will I still be a good mom and and wife? I don't want to look like I'm on my phone all the time. These are all things in the beginning when I was working 40 hours a week, my husband was coaching 70 hours a week because he was a three sport coach back then, which my business has afforded us for him not to have to do that. But that's the life we were living. And I was on my phone a lot. And at one point I questioned, you know, was it the right time for me to do that? But then I thought, you know, we've got to make this work. And that's when I started asking for help. And that's when I started getting some, you know, outsourcing done and stuff like that. But probably also just a little bit of like, nobody I know is doing this. How can I be the first one, you know, and and probably a little bit of just, um, confidence in the beginning. I, you know, when I first did live videos, I mean, I think people see me as invincible now and I share some of my old videos and my YouTube is still up and active. My very first video is on there. That Sarah and this Sarah are two different people. So even just limiting beliefs of would I ever get to my first pillar was like 10 K months. That was all, that was a big deal for me, you know? And now looking back on it, I wish I'd appreciated the extra thousand dollars that allowed us to pay off our student loans early. Not the 10,000, not the 20,000, the 50 and beyond, but I wish I'd appreciated those couple thousand. But back then I had limiting beliefs around making more money. Could I make more money and keep making more money? And then the other side that I struggle with even now in the last year is my walk with God. And like the amount of money that I make is, is a blessing. And I use that to pay it forward to families in need. And we buy backpacks for the school throughout the years. And this next year, we're going to be donating money to the football team for my son so they can get new helmets. And, you know, I have to believe that God is blessing me so I can bless others. And it's not a money. I don't know. I struggle with the limiting belief of wanting more. Mm -hmm. And I have to make sure that, you know, with us wanting more, we're giving more. I love that. Is there anything else that, 
you wanted to share. And I know one question I had too was you talked about video being super important. And I think one thing that is underrated or underspoken about is engagement and just really connecting with people online. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And then anything else that was just on your heart, if you wanted to share anything else. Yeah. So as far as video goes, if if you're listening to this and you struggle with even just wanting to get on video, I would start with pre-recorded types of video. Like you guys have it. I say you have a lot more opportunities now to vary up your skills because when we started, you had live video and that was it. YouTube was the only video that was like pre-recorded. IGTV wasn't even here at the time. But when stories came out, I thought, wow, light bulb, this is a great opportunity for those people that are introverted, you know, because stories aren't live and people are going to watch them in the moment. If you need to re-record it 50 times, whatever, don't do that though. Perfectionism is the devil. Um, (laughs) You know, I tell my clients perfectionism causes paralysis. So just get it up and get it out. But I feel like if you're brand new and you're struggling on video, trying out pre-recorded types of videos now, like IGTV and reels and stories would be the best way to get your feet wet, getting comfortable, you know, talking on camera. As far as engagement goes, here's the biggest misconception about engagement. Oh, if I post this awesome reel, it's just going to go viral. Mm -hmm. And hashtags are going to make it go viral. And that's not the case because the way that we get engagement is often how we're giving engagement. And I think people just want to post and hope that clients are going to come. But if you're not out there giving the engagement you want, commenting on other people's stories, commenting on their posts, having real authentic conversation, Instagram and Facebook doesn't even align you guys as you know, engagement buddies. So you're going to see more of people that you engage with and they're in turn going to see your stuff. I'll just give a quick uh, secret away in one of my programs. I'll, I'll tell my clients when they join my program, go check your first bubbles on Instagram. And if those first 10 people are someone in your same niche, you got an engagement problem. And mm-hmm. now everybody listening to this podcast is going to go do that. But it's so true. Like I would say 90% of my clients come in and everyone in their same niche or same, you know, uh, like dietitians, all the mm-hmm. first 10 or 15 story bubbles are other dietitians. And that's bad for engagement. Yeah. So that's interesting. Can you comment on that? Yeah, Instagram? no, I agree. I definitely saw that in the beginning that I just had mostly dietitians following me and I had to really change it. And I think I was also using a lot of hashtags with like nutrition, dietitian, whatever. I really had to change it and think about what would my ideal client be looking for? And yeah, you're so right. That's a really great tip to figure out and to go and actually go seek out those clients too. Don't just sit around and wait for all of them to come to you. Yeah, that's that's interesting because like when I was doing my PA stuff, like physician assistant stuff, I was I followed a lot of other PAs. And so that's it's kind of what I saw. Like I was looking for trends and and like, oh, they're asking about this. Oh, this is a new thing. Like, oh, okay, trying to stay updated. But to see it from your light, like, oh, that's actually a bad thing because if you're trying to sell something or you need customers, you need to be engaged with the customers, not your your competition. Yeah. Very, very it depends. Yeah. Like what you're doing. If you were gonna educate, like for her, she's a dietitian, but she's teaching other dietitians. So if you're teaching other dietitians and that's your ideal client, then sure. But if I thought for him, it would be great, you know, people who are not PAs yet, right? Or like there's a lot of dietitians who want to be PAs and talking about that. And it's like, try to get more variety or figure out that niche. But yeah, it's just something people have to look at. They have to realize showing up on video for people to know, like, and trust them. And I love how you said, you know, you have to give what you want to get back. That's awesome. That's so 
important to realize it's a perfect way to think about it because it's true. I think a lot of us just post something, think it's going to go viral, think everyone's going to see it. And it's just like you sit back. It's like I did the work now show up people. (laughs) But no, we have to go and we have to engage with people as well. And that helps for sure. Awesome. So our last two questions, one is if you have any go to resources, routines or practices to stay high vibe. And then, of course, we would love to hear your current offers, how listeners can find you, where they can find you online and how they can work with you. So I guess my, my go-to resources, I'm probably on my podcast app most, uh, listening to different podcasts. I do download at least two audibles every single month, uh, books and get through that. My, that's my goal, two books a month. And sometimes I'll go back and listen like one of my favorite books when I first started. So if you're brand new, understanding like the processes of being an entrepreneur, Chop Wood, Carry Water was, I read that book in like three hours and it was actually a physical book I read. I used to think I needed to sit down and read books, but now I really uh, crave, you know, just listening to things. But Chop Wood, Carry Water is awesome. So those types of things. And then also just writing things down like brain dumping or gratitude or journaling, whatever it is works for you. I've clients that journal, I have clients that just do gratitude. I personally like to do gratitude in my Bible study. So those are just my go-to resource type things. And then also my notepad in my phone. I literally brain dump everything every single day in there, whether it's content ideas, as I go through a session with a client, like Whatever's fresh and on our mind, we need to get it out. And our notepad in our phone is an awesome free little resource to do that. I mean, also there's Trello. You can use Trello. But for me, like I said, in the beginning, Google yeah. Docs and like... Keep it simple. Notepad. <laughs> I even voice clip my captions in my notepad. I don't have fancy whatever people use these days. I just yeah my notepad. And then as far as my program, I do have three levels, depending on if someone's looking to grow or or launch, grow or scale. So it just depends on what they're looking to do. Um, So I have a level one through three. And I would say, you know, I hang out on Instagram more. All my free resources are there. My podcast, my sales download. I did just update that. So there's a complete five-step guide to becoming a confident closer on there. Um, So I would just go to my Instagram used to be at the cool dietitian, you know, recent change and it's at the Sarah D hall now. So awesome. We'll definitely link that. And thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. I love you so much. I love everything you do. And we're so happy to have you on the podcast, sharing your knowledge and definitely guys check out her Instagram, follow her. I mean, it's awesome. You have the starting and scaling, growing, launching. Sorry. Can you say it again? Launch. <laughs> grow scale. At okay. first I, I would really like, I just kind of like took everybody into one program, but then over the yeah. last couple of years, I realized, Hey, there's launch, grow and scale and launch and grow mostly goes together. My scale, usually those are people already earning seven, eight, 10 K a month that want to go 30 to 50 K a mm-hmm. month. And so they're in my level three program. I love that. It's super important to differentiate that because it is widely different, right? The mindset and the stage you're in. So I love that you offer all three. So definitely check that out. Notice which stage you're in and then she has the program for you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. If you loved this episode, subscribe and stay notified for new episodes every Tuesday. Leave us a review with what you liked or what you want more of. And don't forget, stay high vibe.
know these three things are sabotaging your ability to live your high vibe life, first is living in disconnection, which basically means walking around with no awareness of your body, emotions, or values. And second is letting negative self-talk run the show in your brain. That's just going to make you doubt your potential and stop you from going after your dreams. Finally, it's not having any supportive coping practices or self-care that doesn't take hours or cost tons of money. Because when you're living in chronic stress at home or work, the last thing that feels accessible is a spa day or a meditation retreat. We have personally struggled with all of these things, and that's why we created the Body Deck. This affirmation card deck has 77 intentionally designed, beautiful cards to help you address all three of these high vibe killers in just a couple minutes a day. These affirmations will help you tune into your body and your inner world, practice positive self-talk, and best of all, it's super portable and affordable. For only $33, benefit from the transformative practice of affirmations anywhere you go. So if you're ready to stop the self-sabotage and start being the highest version of yourself, you'll definitely want to get your hands on the Body Deck Affirmation Cards. Head over to solea.co. That's S-O-U-L-E-A dot C-O to get the Body Deck Affirmation Cards today. You can also find the link in the show notes.